0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 57 of Founders Gyan and thanks for tuning in. This week, we are interviewing Alex Sanghera, one of the founders of farmart.co, which is into peer-to-peer rentals of farming equipment. We also talk about the importance of market research before building your product in our deep dive section. Do check out the show notes over at foundersgyan.com ep57 for links to all that we talk about on the show. Also, I'm very excited to announce that Founders Gyan is going to undergo a transformation on the interview shortly. I cannot reveal this yet to you, but stay tuned and you'll soon understand this in a few weeks' time. Enough with the intro. Let's jump right into the show now. Alec, great to have you on the show. Alec is one of the founders and CEO of
1: Farmart.co,
0: which when I looked at it first seemed to be the Uber for farming equipment, is that a fair elevator pitch for your company, Alec? Uh,
1: first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, I've been following Founder for a while, so I think you've been doing some cool stuff. Uh, secondly, yeah. Thank you. Core, thank you. Thank you, Alec. <laughs> the core principle of uh, Farmart is conceptualized around around the sharing economy uh, pr- platform. So, yeah, it's a fair judgment to say that yeah, we are uh, in a in a short sentence, yeah, we are the Uber for farming equipment.
0: Okay, great. Now, we are going to be talking in depth about the importance of uh, importance of market research for product building later on in the show and I am very excited about that segment. Uh, obviously, I am excited about the rest of the uh, interview as well. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, the importance of market research kind of nicely ties in with uh, the entire concept of farm art. So, if I am not mistaken, I think I read somewhere that uh, you come, uh, your dad is a
1: farmer or you come from a a farming background or something is, is that right? So actually, uh, all of all three founders actually have a farming farming background. My father is actually a brigadier in the army, but my grandfather and other ancestors are all into farming. So that's how, since uh, childhood, I have kind of stayed in touch. I would say with the with the the earth, and I ca- kind of keep on going back on my, hol- in my during my holidays during my school times and uh, and you know knowing about farming or what kind of challenges farmers are facing. So, that's how we basically all of us, all three founders have, have a very core background in, uh, and connected to agriculture. Okay, great. Now, uh, so obviously you you
0: have kind of seen the, the problems that farmers face. Uh, maybe could you talk to us a little bit more about the idea because I'm not sure my listeners are also pretty uh, not sure uh, exactly... Did you uh, face issues, uh, I mean, did, did your family face issues in, in farming equipment or you saw some neighbors or friends having issues? Can you can you give us a little bit more insight into what, what kind of uh, led you to this concept?
1: So let me just start at the macro level uh, because I think most of the, the viewers who, who are basically situated around the urban uh, locations don't have a very good overview of what happens in the agriculture sector. So uh, just to give you a, a snapshot I would say that in India about 80% of farmers own less than 1 hectare of land. So that small land holding sizes makes it unviable for, um, for farmers to own their machinery for their own, own purposes. So uh, like my grandfather just giving you an example he is a farmer who, who owns about 25-30 acres of land and uh, he also he owns a tractor but he has very limited in, implements. So even at a scale of like 25-30 acres of land, his, his usage of tractor is very, very limited. So what 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 happens now? Now farmers have two options. Either to hire labor, which is now becoming extremely expensive, it's time consuming, and with huge amount of migration to urban locations for better job opportunities, uh, farmers are unable to find labor. So the second option lies obviously hiring of machinery, because since they can't own machinery. So the hiring of machinery is a very unorganized and a very uh, very fragmented sector where farmers face very cham- ch- uh, many challenges like uh, ac- limited access to machinery, no booking process, price exploitation and unreliable delivery sources. So all of these actually lead to a lower yield. So if you compare India's uh, per hectare or per acre yield to China or let's say the US, we are far far behind and the level of mechanization in India is only 30%. Compared to all industry standards, we are quite behind. So, that's the entire macro level concept of how we are using a uh, a sharing economy uh, principle to basically solve this farm mechanization problem in India.
0: Okay, great, great, Alec. Now, uh, uh, just before starting this call, uh, we were just talking and you mentioned that uh, you had like the typical uh, background: uh, You you were an engineer. I think you got into some uh, IT companies, and uh, you you kind of like got into the typical Indian uh, uh, Indian dream. Uh, <laughs> I would say, like uh, uh, every parent uh, dreams that ch- wants their child to get into uh, computers, computers and IT companies because that's like <laughs> a well-paying job. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, uh, but. Then you kind of went back to your roots and kind of did something at uh, something that's probably close to your heart. I mean, I, I can kind of sense that. Uh, so, how did that change happen uh, from your uh, uh, IT job? Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong. You were in the IT job, right? Uh,
1: so, just to just to correct that, actually, I graduated from my engineering school and I had a couple of offers from IT companies to join but I took the wrong route, <laughs> I mean not wrong I mean the opposite route, I didn't accept all, the, all of these offers and I actually went into a research based uh, f- uh, company, uh, my, a think tank uh, which would basically provide research support to the government and it was largely, the research was largely around the rural sector. So I believe that uh, with 70% of the population residing in uh, rural India, I mean the potentials and the problems to be solved are far greater that side and we, most, of these, most of since most of us are, are, are concentrated near urban location we don't get the opportunity to first hand experience what are the problems the rural india is facing so given that my interest and these problems which, with farmers which came into uh, existence w- came to me i did not go to find these problems but obviously my entrepreneurship <laughs> uh, bug is always was always alive i mean since school me and my co- other co-founder mehta wanted to you know start something on our own so I feel, I felt with the right amount of experience after three and a half years of working in, in let's say, a so-called corporate sector, I felt we, we had the right time to kind of start something on our own using technology, obviously.
0: Okay, great. So uh, you didn't mention about one co-founder uh, and uh, your school friend. So uh, uh, you have two other co-founders, right? One is uh, Metab Singh and the other is uh, Lokesh Singh, right? So y-
1: you all know each other right from uh, school days? so surprisingly lokesh is my boss was my boss in my previous organization so i actually kind of convinced him to kind of join and start because he he already started a company back in 2008 which was a microfinance institution so which is also again largely around the rural sector so he was he's a big entrepreneur he's a big uh, motivation he's been a mentor for the last couple of years to me so yeah, I mean we three of us we knew that at some point of time we have to do something in, in, in this in this maybe not agriculture but in financial inclusion or let's say financial technology. So we are actually trying to integrate the financial technology plus the agriculture part to actually make uh, first farming much more profitable in, in the near future.
0: Okay, great, uh, great, uh, great story there. Uh, like, uh, I'm sure a lot of us would like to uh, kill our bosses
1: <laughs> if, <laughs> <Yeah>. if possible. <laughs> so. Surprisingly, surprisingly, I really like my boss. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think I think that was a happy ending uh, to to that story. Uh, now let's talk about uh, idea to execution. Uh, so you guys had some kind of an idea, and uh, obviously you all are from farming uh, background, and you kind of. Uh, Knew you had to do something. Uh, when did you solidify that the idea should be uh, rental of farming equipment? And uh, how did you go about executing it? Could you give us like a twenty thousand feet uh, overview of
1: that? So, largely, I would start with uh, we. I like. Uh, I would start with the story where I was actually doing a research in Western UP in Uttar Pradesh. We were doing, we were doing uh, in, in expenditure analysis uh, for the Ministry of Petroleum for delivery of LPG subsidy. I'm sure you, uh, maybe every home now gets an LPG subsidy on a cash. It's like a cashback system by the government to reduce the amount of leakages in the government payment systems. So we were doing the research in Western Europe in the rural sector and uh, in the in expenditure analysis part of the interview, we, I realized that a lot of farmers were actually paying for hiring machinery. And once I, that got me extremely curious. So when I ha- started having like a long conversation and trying to explore what actually goes into farming uh, hiring machinery, farmers were complaining about uh, you know, not having access to them, not having access to labor. Now the only option is left that you know, they need to c- hire machinery at, at, at good rates, at, at a good delivery service, plus to increase their uh, yields. So that actually got me inter- really interested, and uh, I came back, spoke to my childhood friend Matag who who was basically at that time working for the National Institute of Public Finance and Policy, providing research support to the Ministry of Finance. So I, we and plus my boss, so we kind of got to a drawing board. We decided that since we all three we all three of us are consultants, we realized that okay, this problem should not only be in our head. We need to thoroughly do a research study across states. To understand that whether if we are able to build this platform out, is it really highly scalable? So, so we basically then uh, conducted a quantitative and a qualitative research with about 1500 farmers across three states, which was Punjab, uh, Uttarakhand, and uh, West UP. Largely, we chose these three states because uh, one was a high income state for agriculture, which was Punjab. One was mid income, which was Uttarakhand, and low income, which was uh, Uttar 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 Pradesh and out of the 1500 representative farmers we interviewed uh, surprisingly 93% of farmers were hiring machinery so that actually solidified our idea and we said that we have to go ahead and this is huge market of op- opportunity and this market opportunity is not limited only to india while well, while i was working in in nepal uh, philippines and uh, kenya i realized that all developing nations with small holding uh, small uh, landholding farmer uh, farmers uh, with a broad base at the bottom are facing similar challenges so i would say our idea is not only applicable to india but across nations and that can be actually a global idea in the future yes it's just the start but you know you have to aim for the sky yeah great great
0: great uh, I, I just uh, i think this is a nice uh, place to get into uh, talking a little bit more about market research uh, for building products but uh, uh, before we get into that uh, i just want to quickly touch on uh, you guys got together understood that there's a problem and uh, What did you do? Did you uh, put together a quick website? Did you talk to farmers, get some uh, 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 equipment uh, ready to be hired via a spreadsheet? What was your approach in kind of getting the product to market? We'll we'll talk about market research in a a bit once you answer this, Uh, but uh, just a very high level overview of uh, once you solidified the idea and finished your market research. What was your step towards uh, bringing the idea to fruition?
1: So, uh, like all uh, programs, I feel given that uh, our backgrounds, we, we were sure that we did not want to start at a very big scale. So, we actually did a, decided to do a very small pilot. Now, what a pilot program actually provides you is the foundation of building a product. So we decided that we are first going to concentrate on building a minimum viable product, which was uh, app-based and a call center-based inquiry plus booking order, receiving booking order interface. And from there on, we are going to basically scale slowly along with building a product on top of that. So the the way we started is we built a mobile app, we built a backend systems, we built a a front-end office in, in about 10 villages of Western UP. We went in there, we kind of, Uh, started operations uh, uh, so that's how basically we started at a very very micro level so what actually that gives you is uh, the the divine confidence and the amount of time which goes into building the product you really uh, catch the problem by the neck and then you try to solve it one step at a time if you're doing too many things at the same time i feel you lose the focus and then you want to focus on everything else but actually solving that problem so that's how we actually started by a small pilot
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, again, I just want to just uh, get in, get into a little bit more detail on this. So you you started with this app based model. Now, uh, is it uh, was it a real time uh, model? Is it a real time model? Could you explain to our listeners how the app based model works?
1: Yeah. So it was a real time, real uh, real time based model where basically we would receive orders either through a call center or through a mobile application and we would be routing orders to the machinery owners who are on our platform and the the, uh, the work would get executed and then the payment was made. So that's how they basically, it was a completely real time based uh, model which we are following at the moment. Okay, great. Now, let's get into a bit of uh,
0: uh, startup uh, 101, uh, sorry, uh, market research 101 for startups uh, while building products. Now. I kind of found it very interesting that uh, when you did your sample survey uh, you had this uh, great idea of uh, going in for three states which were uh, high income medium income and low income uh, which kind of gets uh, a nice sample it it kind of gets like a, 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 a kind of even distribution statistically uh, now uh, is is that uh, Would you say that's like kind of like the very first step uh, in market research? I mean, because I know a lot of people who want to do market research, but I think uh, the sample size may be kind of random in in most cases. I have not seen anybody specifically say that target XYZ, you know, I've seen talk to 500 customers or talk to 1000 shops, you know, but this is very, very uh, detailed. So uh, could you give us some background on how you came up with this?
1: So uh, like I said uh, all three of us had like a research background at the time of we were doing a job right so we were very rigid about so in in, in, in any person who has a background in research there's always always a market segmenting done so like I say like I would say that let's say if you're starting an internet uh, company right we feel that everyone who's on internet is our customer that's actually wrong you need to segment your customers at a very minute level you need to know what they want what are the needs is is the is the is the product you're building actually a need or is it just a luxury we would like to have they'll use it a couple of times and then stop so that that goes that's extremely critical for knowing if your product is going to ever last over a year or two years or maybe a longer period of time so market research i feel is is the most critical thing you need to do before even starting a company and at the time of inception of this company we we were so cold hearted We realized that you know we are going to spend a lot of money in the research because we hired research agency we hired a uh, we hired a moderator we kind of hired professional people to do this but we were sure about that that if the result comes negative we will not go ahead with this product so entrepreneurs i feel need to be really extremely blunt with uh, with the approach they take sometimes we get too close to the problem and then we realize that okay no matter what happens we are going to go ahead with it so we were we took a step back and we decided that as, as as professionals we need to know that if this problem is actually solvable at a scale if it's happening only in one region we are not interested in solving it.
0: Okay, great, great, Now that uh, that brings me to two questions. Uh, and firstly, thank you very much for uh, for bringing up that very relevant point that uh, sometimes entrepreneurs get too close to their ideas, uh, and irrespective of what the market says, you know, they go ahead blindly. So, uh, obviously, it is good if it's like your passion uh, or or your project, but uh, if it's not good, if you wanted to get into entrepreneurship uh, as a business, uh, now you mentioned that is it a need or a luxury? So. Uh, is it based on the questionnaire that you find this or is there something deeper? And uh, number two is, uh, I think you mentioned about 90%, I'm not sh- uh, sorry, apologies if I g- got the number wrong, but I think you said about 90% of uh, of uh, farmers were hiring equipment. Uh, so, uh, is there like kind of like a number, maybe 80% or what, what, what would you say is, is a number that says, okay, there is a sufficient demand Uh, or is it based on each and every business
1: so the way we did it honestly is that uh, we carried out a quantitative research where it's just a simple yes no answers right which any uh, survey agency or any person who is basically knows English language or Hindi language or the regional language can carry out that but going beyond that yes, no answers you need to carry out a qualitative research where you have a group of individuals sitting together trying to know that getting deeper into the problem like okay, if you are not able to get the machinery on time why is it? Is he coming on late? Is the machinery uh, broken every time he comes or he just simply cancels the order or you know things like that. So that actually comes into perspective only when you are sitting in a focus group discussion. So I feel personally that most of these startups since they are uh, concentrated around urban locations uh, we forget, we we, we don't access people, uh, we don't have access to people at at a very easy level like if you go into a village you sit there for at a tea stop for five minutes. You'll have a group of people around you, and that's what actually get got us like really uh, in, like consumer insights about building the product. So that's how we started building it. And moving forward, I feel that everyone should kind of uh, have at least at least not think uh, in terms. Yeah, yes, market research is extremely expensive, but at the same time, it's the most useful thing you can do to your startup. Okay, great. So I think
0: uh, the answer I got to the question is is it a need or luxury uh, can be uh, got by more uh, qualitative and focus group uh, analysis uh, and uh, the percentage so uh, what's the tipping percentage that okay this is like this has a big Mark?
1: so I feel that okay let's say when you're doing a small value transaction anywhere in the range of uh, maybe 500 to about a thousand rupees i think a good tipping point would be anywhere between 70% anywhere 70 to 75% over if your customers are saying that over 75% of people are saying that we are going to use the product in you know in this way or that way then i think you are at a good stage but if your if your pricing point is anywhere between let's say 2000 2500 above that i think even 60% for 50% customers if they are ready to buy a product over a long period of time and it should be obviously uh, they should be repeat customers you can never build a tech company around only one customer over the last next one year he's going to maybe buy something from your website or platform or use it once so you should always look at the repeat customer rate and the pricing point like what pricing point are you offering your product at and is it is it like agriculture is his or farmers number one objective he has to hire machinery or he has to hire uh, buy seeds or fertilizers or anything Now let's say if you go to a farmer and say, why don't you buy a shoe from my uh, platform? And they say, okay, maybe I can buy a shoe from your platform, and but he'll buy that shoe once in let's say next five years, or maybe next one year or next one and a half years. So, I feel you need to understand that is the need more important or is it this time one-time user, transaction size, price, point. You know, those kind of factors come in uh, drastically when you're building a product. Excellent,
0: Alec. And uh, regarding this pricing point, so again, uh, I, I, I guess that's part of market research, but uh, uh, that kind of would have led to an interesting uh, uh, interesting decision in your own product. And that would be like, uh, uh, do you let… Uh, uh, farmers uh, who have the machinery set the price or uh, the price is controlled by the platform right could you uh, tell us how it works and uh, yeah
1: at the moment i would say every machinery owner who is renting it out has his own price point but at the same time there is a micro level price point which is sent by the market also so it may be let's say 300 to 350 per hour or something like that so it's a range mostly What actually FarmArt comes in and does is it standardizes the pricing so no matter what machinery you require or at what day of time you require we actually standardize the price because we increase the efficiency on the platform. Now a machinery owner is charging let's say anywhere between 300 to 350 per hour just because he has to service one customer at one point and come back empty handed. What they are trying to do is aggregate the service, give more people more orders at one location so that the cost of... of, operational cost is reduced for him so that's how we basically decrease the price firstly and then standardize the price at the same time okay great uh to close out this segment i just want to
0: Uh, hear from you uh, obviously and uh, you have had a lot of lot of research uh, uh, you have done a lot of research sorry uh, on uh, uh, on the rural sector and things like that you come from a research background and so uh, I think uh, you have some really great uh, insights into market research which uh, uh, which unfortunately not many of the uh, existing entrepreneurs uh, may have Uh, so uh, I would like to close the segment with uh, you giving us uh, one biggest mistake That uh, people uh, do or should avoid uh, while doing market research, and one biggest uh, tip uh, that uh, you can give people to uh, do better market research.
1: I would say, I'm not going to say what mistake people do, I would say what mistake sometimes I do. (laughs) So, what mistake maybe uh, I always carry out is that I, when drafting a, a, a market research, let's say questionnaire, or whatever your problem is basically I try to be as objective as possible so you need to be straightforward you cannot have your biases influence your questions So. Uh, So that's my basically one uh, tip I would say to any entrepreneur who's wanting to do a market research and given in the urban sector, let's say you have so many uh, resources now, you have a Google Analytics form, you have SurveyMonkey, you have multiple people, uh, multiple type of uh, channels where you can do your research from and send it across to your close circles. I mean that is one tip I feel uh, a lot of people should follow it by heart and keep on sending it to the people because people who are close to you might not, uh, might not always give the best answer so send it across to the people's networks so that they actually give you honest feedback sometimes. So that really helps in basically building a very strong tech product if you are going into uh, building a sustainable long term company.
0: Okay, great, Alec. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your valuable insights on market research. Now, let's uh, talk about uh, overcoming the class, uh, classic catch-22 in any marketplace. Uh, you, you need both sellers and buyers and uh, you can't uh, get them both at the same time. So, uh, is it fair to assume that uh, you first uh, got the sellers before buyers or uh, how, did, how did you… Uh, How did you overcome
1: that? We did get first the sellers before we got the buyers because you know, uh, so you need to increase the liquidity onto the market. So for that to increase the liquidity, if a customer order comes in, you have to have liquidity. So that's how we went into uh, solving the problem. First, we got a couple of sellers, not all. So what we did is we selected. We, we, We went behind the people who we think would basically suit our platform more than the others. And then when these sellers saw other people doing well, when the, when, when the buyers started coming in and they saw the sellers were making money, then automatically this ripple effect or the network effect comes into being and sellers start enrolling onto your platform. So you need, to, you need to start somewhere at a small scale where you know that, you know, you can give ample amount of orders to everyone and then you basically scale your product from there.
0: If you like this show, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The link is www.facebook.com foundersgyan and twitter.com foundersgyan. Both these provide you daily tips and articles as well as resources to help and inspire your startup. There are multiple tips per day. Some examples of these tips would be articles on the latest startups, growth hacking tips, how do you build team for startups, how to get funding, etc. So don't forget facebook.com slash and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Okay, and how do you get these first few sellers? Is it through some contacts or uh, you just tell them, okay, uh, just come on to our platform. We have nothing to lose. You know, we are going to get the buyers. Uh, uh, how did you guys uh, manage that?
1: Unfortunately, we had to go door to door to kind of, you <laughs> and kind of, you know, you know that's the hard part of sometimes being an entrepreneur. You have to sell yourself. And that's what we were do, trying to do. And it, it's a hit and miss. So most of the time you, if you get a hit, because you were convicted and people see the passion in your eyes. And for them, it is a business business opportunity, right? So they need to get more money onto the platform uh, for their for themselves. So it wasn't, I would say, it wasn't the hardest part task to do. So they did. They were convinced quite easily. Uh, in fact, out of the twenty people I spoke to in the first one week, I remember nineteen of them were ready to be on the platform. So you know, so when you are talking, you you talking sense. You know, they also know their problems. They are what they are facing. So they relate you at, at a good level so it's you know in the first few talks you will realize that what sells and what does not sell
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's also a great indicator of uh, how strong and uh, good your market research was and how strong your gut feeling about the whole problem is because if 19 out of 20 uh, 20 sellers are ready to come on your platform uh, that means you're on to uh, something that gives you the confidence now uh, what about uh, challenges around uh, I have used the term here geofencing, I am not sure if that is the right term, uh, but uh, what I am uh, trying to say is that uh, uh, the challenge is that uh, your sellers are restricted by geographical uh, locations, right? I mean, there is yeah. only certain uh, amount of distance that they can uh, uh, hire their like equipment out to. So, uh, how big is this challenge and are there any plans that you have? To kind of um, overcome this, this if it's a challenge in the first place.
1: So yes, uh, definitely it is a challenge, uh, but it it is a challenge I would say in a good way. So to keep a platform business, uh, let's say Uber, let's say let's take the example of Uber. So if you are let's say booking a machine uh, Uber at at your place in Bangalore, so do you think that uh, uh, maybe if you live in uh, Core uh, Kormangla uh, and you book a an Uber and the Uber is standing right at uh, 100 feet road. How much time is that going to take to reach you? A lot of time, right? You, maybe you would have already reached your location at, by that time. So you have to have a hyper-local business to be successful on uh, like, like Uber or like same on our platform. So you need to have a hyper-local bu- business but at the same time you need to see that how far can a t- vehicle or let's say a tractor travel. So you have to have a good mix and balance and that only comes with once you test your product and you actually start testing into a, a market and start building it from there. So at the first go you'll only learn. So that's exactly what we did. So we decided okay let's take an area of 5-10 km and then we went into a 20 kilometer radius, now 30. So you know you just keep on building it on top of that. So when you, you'll realize that it's a tipping point, beyond this you can't interoperate uh, operate your machinery. So, that comes with, I would say, as, as you start and start building out your product and start testing different things.
0: Right, right. And and uh, do you think uh, this can kind of like uh, m- be more than 30 kilometers or whatever? I mean, uh, yeah. it could be depending on the number of uh, days the machine is hired, right? If it's yeah. hired for a longer time, the seller could afford to send it to go, right? the,
1: the... The beauty of India is that, you know, across within districts also, across regions, Uh, there is there is a change in seasonality of cropping cycles so uh, one cropping cycle must maybe 15 minutes earlier of next cropping cycle might might be 15 minutes later 15 days later and another cropping cycle must be 15 days later ahead of that and different people grow different crops so we would actually look at a large scale macro level platform where we would be able to to give out orders to people in different locations in order to gain more business it's all about uh, making Making value for each and every stakeholder on the platform is whether it's a machinery owner or it's a farmer. For us, getting machinery on the doorstep of a farmer is a value addition to him. Getting more business for a machinery owner uh, is is a value addition to them. And getting more business onto the platform is a value addition to us. So we need to kind of uh, navigate and uh, get the best for everyone, all parties onto the platform. That's how we basically uh, look at it as a long term perspective. Okay, great. Uh, now, could you share us some
0: uh, numbers around uh, say number of customers or number of equipment or what's, what's your main measuring scale? Is it number of equipment hired or uh, revenue from uh, the hiring? Uh, how do you track your growth and is it is it possible to share some numbers?
1: Surprisingly, uh, the way the best metric which I mean me and um, our co-founders co- co- find is the number of repeat customers on our platform. We feel that that is the big biggest measure of how well you are doing. How well are you servicing your customer? So our number one metric always is by measure is the number of repeat customers on our platform. And till now we've been able to achieve about fifty seven percent repeat customers, which is quite high compared to uh, most of the pe- most like, most platform businesses. But at the same time, we are at a small scale. We need to you know keep this momentum up when we scale up operations. So so yeah, that's that's the number one metric. Okay, great. And. Uh... What is the best
0: advice you have uh, read, heard, listened, watched? I mean, there's are, there are so many ways uh, to get information these days, uh, and that you try to follow in your uh, life uh, and uh, life and or business. So
1: one of the advice which I really close uh, follow close to my heart is that start small and aim for the sky. Uh, so Rome wasn't built in a day, right? right? So I feel most of the startups, right from the beginning, in the entire community, I've kind of heard over, over time Like most of the startups kind of start running before even they can walk. So I feel that from the community only, this is the feedback I've always got from even the entrepreneurship community that, you know, always start small and kind of grow at a good pace because startup is all about growth, but at the same time, the growth where you can handle the growth. And just not suddenly blow up the entire thing and kind of do a lot of things together so i feel that you need to really like start small so you need to prepare test take feedback improve and then repeat the entire process again that's how you basically build value for everyone on the platform or or, or for all the customers or all the suppliers you have on your uh as, as, a, as a business
0: okay great uh, great uh, advice there alec uh and uh, uh, can you tell us about your uh worst entrepreneurial moment and the lessons you learned from it
1: so a uh, worst entrepreneurial moment so i think uh, i think yeah i mean moving out of out of a secure job like a very secure salary and kind of you know not having a fixed kind of uh, income for the last i would say eight nine months is obviously a very hard thing to do you need to kind of uh, reduce your all your expenditure which are wasteful expenditure but i mean that's at the same time enriching but it is hard i mean you you do you can't always do whatever you feel like doing so i feel but that's the leap of faith i mean and 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 the sacrifice you always got to make so yeah that was one of the challenges i faced uh prior to that i don't think i really enjoyed the kind of journey and with my co- co-founder and my friends i mean it's it's been great so except that i feel it's not that hard so financially it takes a hard toll on let's say a wallet but except that i feel it's it's all in the game so I mean you kind of enjoy this entire journey. Okay and uh, uh, how, how old is uh, FarmArt uh, now from
0: uh, inception to uh, y- you know uh, till date?
1: Uh, it, it's about my one year and one month old now. One year so okay so
0: congrats <laughs> on, on touching the yeah. one year mark. Uh, yeah. Now um, uh, if you had to do it all over again uh, what would you do different uh, than than? Uh, of course, we all know that you know hindsight is twenty twenty, and you learn as you go along. But given that knowledge now, is there something you would do drastically different if you started today?
1: Yeah, I I think I would uh, approach more a few more mentors. I think that really gives you helps you kind of get good direction. So I think mentorship in India is maybe a little, uh, I would say, not that developed. Because I have a couple of cousins, that I have a lot of people working in the Silicon Valley at the same time, a lot of my cousins. They always tell me how this process, that even if they have an idea, they can up- walk up to anyone, pitch their idea, and then get mentorship, along with maybe funding. But at the same time, m- mentoring in India is, is a very nascent state. People really don't give or dedicate that much time into, or don't maybe believe in it, I will. But for me, I think uh, getting a, a couple of more mentors starting right before i started out i think would have really helped us uh, even uh, uh, you know catalyst i even growth even at a faster rate
0: yeah okay okay excellent uh excellent uh, that's 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 great to hear uh, now Are there any books uh, or resources that you would uh, like to uh, recommend to our uh, listeners?
1: So, uh, I don't read a lot but uh, I do read whenever I get time but uh, some of the books I definitely recommend is that uh, Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, another one is uh, Zero Zero to One by Peter Thiel and uh, another one, one of my favorites is called Platform Scale by Sangeet Paul Chaudhary. So these three books were really, really, really cool. When I started like started out, I kind of read it back to back. I read about seven, eight books, but out of them, these three were uh, really good books. Cool. Uh,
0: I think uh, Hard Thing About Hard Things and Zero to One is like a pretty much a standard staple exactly, in uh, yeah. many of but, <laughs> but the Platform, uh, could, you, could you just, uh, what, what's that book about? Because have, I'm he- so, hearing it for so the first actually,
1: time. Uh, out of all three of them, Platform Scales were recommended by one of the team members, by Nandan Nil- Nil- Nilakani. Uh, so he's basically, he told me that, you know, you should, if you're starting out a platform business, uh, business you should definitely uh, read about this. So it talks you, takes you through the journey of how to build a platform. So what we are trying to do is exactly have a seller or a buyer case come together and kind of create value, right? So platform scale actually gives you that, that insights about how you should do that, at what pace, and along with beautiful examples from all the other businesses, right, from Facebook to Amazon to uh, uber how they did it so it's really amazing getting all those facts together uh, and kind of into one book
0: okay great uh, we will uh, i'll link that up on the show notes and uh, i will definitely uh, check that also i think uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting and the interesting. point is it's
1: only available on amazon i think amazon uh, store so that's why a lot of uh it's not a hard copy so that's why a lot of people as i guess miss out on reading this book but it's a beautiful book
0: okay okay great and uh uh, uh what is uh, what is the one thing that you're most grateful for in your entrepreneurial journey so far?
1: I think uh, with the changing times, and it's largely to do with entrepreneurship community as a whole, your family, your friends, everyone around you are extremely understanding and extremely supportive. I think this is one of the... I didn't think it'll be everyone around me would be that supportive, but it's actually been amazing by the amount of support you get, not only from your friends and family, but also from the community whoever you go up to whoever you write to kind of replies and and i think there's a lot of negative emotion sometimes about the startups and how everything is some of the companies are failing but i think we need to really adopt a culture that it's okay to fail i mean if you don't fail you'll never kind of create something new so so taking back from again from some of the friends i kind of uh, friends who moved out of the u.s or basically one of my cousins who couple of my cousins who were working in the silicon valley they always tell me one thing that you always have to try. So you know that entire culture needs to be more open. It is coming in. I mean, the automation community is extremely open about that now. But I feel more from the society end that really needs to uh, ramp up.
0: Right, right. And I think I think there is a lot of positive change in that direction with a lot of uh, government initiatives and uh, entrepreneurship is no longer seen as uh, as an outlier, but rather as as one of the mainstream. Uh, uh, mainstream options today uh, for for people, so I think I think it's it's great, and uh, I think we are mo- moving in the right direction. Uh, now you're a very young entrepreneur. You're just uh, three years out of college, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, four. Uh, uh, Four, four, okay. So, uh, is there any specific advice you would give for young entrepreneurs? Because uh, there are obviously, you know, there are entrepreneurs who kind of like they are out of college and immediately want to get into entrepreneurship. And there are other people who spend 10-15 years in a corporate job, maybe have a bit of savings and then get into. But I think you are in kind of the in between the two things, right? You, You neither had... The time to make a lot of money, uh, nor did you get right away into co- uh, into entrepreneurship after college. So, uh, any specific advice you'd like to give for young entrepreneurs, uh, maybe even for people just coming out of college? Uh,
1: what I one advice I would definitely give is you need to go out there and work for somebody else for a couple of years. I, I mean, the change you see in yourself, seeing uh, and working come in a company and working under certain people will actually help you through your journey. But i feel you should definitely go out there work for a couple of years with with someone else and you know at that same time maybe work on a couple of ideas but you should not maybe directly start from college if you have a great idea you have a great tech capability and other things why not i mean you should go for it but i feel still we we need to mature because i remember discussing a couple of ideas with my uh, co-founder at the time of college but we actually took a conscious decision that no, let's go out there, work for a couple of years and then start something uh, together. But at the same time, uh, I would also like to say that, you know, you always don't know everything when you're young. I am very firm believer of that. That's why we always, we always wanted to balance a team out with someone who is extremely uh, experienced. So, Lokesh actually as a third co-founder brings in that. he already, He's already done a couple of, uh, started a couple of companies, worked for big uh, for big companies and now, he's ready to join us so you know that actually helps you build a very very strong team so whenever we feel that some things as as, as, as as you take me take immature decisions but at the same time that experience comes into hand and kind of tells us no this is not how it should be done because of xyz reason so I think that's the, that's the one uh, advice or let's say one thing I would like to tell all the people who want to start out right after college or something else okay great now i just have one final
0: question but uh, before we move on to that uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you obviously uh, i'll be linking uh, up your uh, website farmart.co uh, they can uh, check it out uh, but i think a lot of our listeners are from the uh, urban areas uh, there isn't much reach in uh, rural areas for uh, these kind of uh, mediums so uh, how can they get in touch with you i you active on linkedin twitter email facebook
1: yeah i'm I'm available on LinkedIn, uh, Alek Sangehra. Uh, you just search it, you can come. I'm available on uh, Twitter, Alek, at, at the rate Alek22. My email is Alek at the rate co. So, all these BBMs can is the best way to get in touch with me. Okay,
0: great. We'll link that up on the show notes so that founders, any other founders, listeners, if they have any questions, any ideas, you know, they can get in touch with you. And uh, I think uh, the conversation so, can uh, continue. Uh, you know, I, I think that's that's great. So... Um, I just want to move on to the final question uh, but before that I think we have a problem with our uh, recording Uh, I think none of this got recorded because I forgot to press the record button Um, (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding Alec (laughs) it's all recorded (laughs) as you know but uh, just just assume that nothing got recorded and uh, uh, sorry about that so I just have time for you to give one gyan to our listeners, only one gyan, what would that be?
1: So, I think uh, you need to be, I think the one thing I would like to definitely gyan, give one gyan is that you need to be 100% sure about uh, who are you going into business with. And once you decide that, have blind faith in each other. I think uh, just by statistics, about 50% of more than 50% of the startups fail because they have a fallout between the co-founders. I think building a strongest team is even more important than the idea you're working on. So people who have different attributes, different uh, specialities brings holistic uh, value to the company and that actually helps you build extremely sustainable, extremely uh, growth centric company. So that's one of the biggest grants I'd like to give anyone out there.
0: Thank you so much, Alec. That that was great gem of wisdom. And uh, believe it or not, I I was reading some article or uh, or uh, yeah, I think I was reading some article which uh, mentioned that uh, the one of the top causes of uh, businesses are failing up because of uh, uh, co-founder issues. So I think uh, it's 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 great that you uh, you brought that same thing up again. So uh, thank you so very much for your time. It was great talking to you. So much. Uh, Uh, so much knowledge and so much wisdom Uh, i'm so happy that uh, you you are uh, uh, ready to share this uh, with our listeners uh, and i wish you continued luck uh, success with your uh, format Uh, uh, thanks Alec.
1: thank you so much Ram. thank you to your team i think you guys are doing some great job and i hope you came on in in, in, enriching everyone else around you with this podcast because really helps you know it's startup journey is extremely lonely kind of affair and you know talking and hearing about other people motivates you to a great level
0: there you have it folks. Another startup and its founder. I hope you got inspired by what you heard. Do check out foundersgyan.com ep57 for all the show notes. I'll see you all next week with yet another startup and its founder. In the meantime, I hope you got inspired and take action on your own startup today. Good luck and have a great rest of the week ahead.